Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers to thrive on camera and in life and to make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word balance. I'm excited to explore this because the definition I grew up with was that balance meant the even distribution of weight, enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady, which always implied to me that even distribution meant equal amounts of something. And that's a very hard thing to achieve in life. So it kind of stopped me in my tracks. What a pesky false narrative that was and would that I had spent even more time reading dictionaries when I was younger, because if I had, I would have scrolled down and found this one that's actually valuable. Definition of balance is condition in which different elements are in the correct proportions. I love that because it implies it's just the right amount of that element, but it doesn't have to be equal to all the other things. So this is super exciting to me, which leads to me why I'm super excited that here to discuss with me is Aaron Polinsky Wade, who knows a lot about balance. Aaron is a nationally recognized nutrition, diabetes, and fitness expert, author, TEDx speaker, business owner, frequent television guest, and busy mom of three, who also happens to be a huge content creator sharing real-life nutrition advice and recipes on her successful TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram channels. Welcome to the podcast, Erin. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so, so excited to be here with you, Barbara. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. I've been thinking about this for a long time and having you here to talk about it because I've actually learned quite a bit from you over the years. And so we can get into like even naming some of your books because you are an expert on diabetes. But one of my favorite was is like the belly fat book, how to, not to how to get belly fat, but how to get rid of it, which I love. And you made me um, validated my love for pickled jalapenos because I learned a little spice helps the metabolism love. But I really wanted stretching the metaphor. It's like you create nutritionally balanced recipes for people. And you also ad offer advice to your clients at, through your, you know, Vernon Nutrition Centers. I hope I'm saying that right. Yes, um, but, yes. you, but you offer, I mean, you sound advice. I mean, you're an expert and people come to you to understand how to, you know, balance wellness, how to balance my life, how to, um, especially for moms, how to, you know, balance all the demands in our lives. So it's all about balance, balance, balance. And then on top of it, you are a content creator. You have a huge career also advising companies. You do a, a lot of media appearances, both public and business facing. You create massively successful content. So I just was putting out there like, how do you do it? How, how does balance work in your own life? Yeah, it's such a great question. And I feel like it's one of those things that, you know, when we think about balance, we think maybe that whole idea of like everything is perfect and everything is balanced every single day, but really balance is very fluid. And I, I love that definition you shared where it's really talking about proportions. And to me, you know, and even how I advise my clients is that balance today might look different than balance for you yesterday or tomorrow. You know, today I might be balancing where I'm prioritizing work over exercise, whereas tomorrow exercise is the priority. So sometimes it shifts day to day, but I think what at the end of the day, what really matters the most is understanding that our health, our energy, that gives us that optimal performance to be at our best every, in other, every other facet of life. So if we're not taking at least a few moments each day to prioritize that, that balance really is gets impossible to achieve because you have less energy, you're not as productive, you're more stressed out. Um, so it's hard. It's very hard to always find time for ourselves. But even if we just think about five minutes a day, little manageable chunks, that makes it much easier to start to achieve that balance. 
Well, I love what you just said, but introducing the word priority and prioritize. So I want to talk more about that because one, I think sometimes speaking for myself, fall into a trap that if I am doing everything I should be doing for myself and I'm truly prioritizing myself, I have to like dedicate hours that maybe I don't have. Mm-hmm. And then that causes, you know, a sort of a stress hyperloop. You just go down a, a rabbit hole where whatever you're trying to achieve gets undermined by, you know, your brain spiraling out of control. So could you talk about how to, like, what are the questions you would ask a client or that even you ask yourself on a daily, yeah, weekly so basis? Absolutely. You know, I think we all fall into this, especially when we think about health is that black and white thinking, right? It's either we're doing a great job or we're doing nothing at all. And there's no in between, but really we all exist in that gray area. And we have to think about, we're never going to be perfect, right? You're never going to eat hundred percent, all the best nutrients every day and get all the exercise every day and take care of stress and sleep and work. You have to stop trying to be all the things and be perfect at all of them. And I know I struggle with that. I mean, I think some of us are just born that way where we have that perfectionist attitude. And I've always wanted to be, you know, the best at everything and get everything done and check off my list each day. But what I realized is that's that's not a reality. And the more we try to do that, the less we actually accomplish because we're so busy thinking about all the things we have to do, it's almost like we become paralyzed and we don't do much of anything at all. So what I talk to my clients about is, you know, thinking about each day, what's just one or two things that are the top priority, like top line priority each day. And then think about one small thing you can do today for your own health and wellness. And it doesn't have to be huge things. It doesn't have to be running five miles. It could be going for a five minute walk in between conference calls, or it could be adding one vegetable to your plate at dinner and making that a priority. You know, these small steps, even though they don't feel like much, when you look at them in the course of a month or a year, they really add up and they make a world of difference. One of the things you also taught me is that my optimum health is different than anybody else's optimum health because it's unique to me. So that did help me get out of my should cycle from reading, you know, mm-hmm. too many articles online. Um, yeah. And just to be like full disclosure to people, it's like, I did a whole nutritional analysis with you years ago. I mean, way pre-pandemic. And so one, to your point, it taught me how unique my own nutritional needs are as anybody's are. And that's amazing that the technology exists. But two, you also taught me in terms of black and white thinking is how important it was to go through my results with a professional because I like read everything literally like, oh my God, like, you know, I have to have these exact amounts all the time of this thing. Um, And so that is a reminder why uh, professionals and coaches and experts like you are really, really important. The other point I want to add in here too, it relates to a previous podcast. Podcast I just did with Matthew Hoffman, where he's and this interrelates to both sides of your career. But you know, he's talking about how hard the business is, right? And that the business side can be very physically and emotionally and mentally exhausting because it has nothing to do with the 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 doing the thing that you love to do. It just it's all the like demands of business. And so keeping healthy and in balance are some of the things that can help you stay emotionally physically and mentally sharp through the hard parts, right? So you're not just you know chewing M&Ms or not sleeping enough or any of those things. It's like that, how much that actually supports you. So then I wanted to get into like, you were early into, you were an early content creator. So I just want to talk about like, one, how you got into that. This is a really, really broad question, but it's like, I'm really curious because you got in early and you're still doing it and it's still working for you. So that means like you figured out something early on, but you, I've watched you change and adapt along the way. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny because I feel like I went, you know, almost a little bit backwards with my career. Like I started out, I had a physical private practice and my goal was, you know, I'm helping people locally, but I really wanted to help people on a broader scale. And so that's where I started to reach out and do more traditional media and do more social media and grow my audience that way. And so I was, you know, early with YouTube, I was early with Instagram. And I feel like, you know, back in the day when you started out, and I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was just kind of throwing stuff up there and, and seeing what worked and answering questions my clients had. Um, so you start to, you know, see the algorithm, you start to see what's working for other people and, and try to get into that space. And I think one of the things early on, especially if you look at, say, like Instagram was this idea of a perfectly curated life and beautiful imagery and everything being perfect. And even though I was trying to put that content out there, it just felt so inauthentic because that's not me. You know, my life is messy and I definitely don't look, you know, perfectly curated every day. And I, my family certainly doesn't. So it felt, you know, a bit inauthentic. And when I started to be more real and more authentic and put up the you know, more the messier side, or maybe make a video in my hair and makeup wasn't perfect, but it was just to get it up there. Um, I felt like that became more relatable to my clients. And so even though it went a little bit against what the, you know, maybe the algorithm says or what other people are doing, that more authentic side really resonated because that's what my clients are, right? I'm trying to give them real life advice and show them how to make time for their health, you know, even when they're incredibly busy. And so I felt like, you know, okay, well, here, I'm busy too. This is how I look, but this is how I'm making time for myself and even involving my family, you know, in video content. Um, I just had to make it work, but that way I felt like I was being more my authentic self too. That takes a lot of courage actually, right? And then, but also, I mean, I'm living proof, but your people stay with you for a long time. You're not a trend. You're a you know consistent person. I'm always going to turn to for advice. Can I ask you, like, this is really personal. Um, what's your calendar look like? Like, how do you figure out your schedule and what your capacity is? Cause it's like, you know, how many days a week do you create content versus uh, private practice versus writing versus um, giving talks to corporations? How do you figure yeah. that out? Uh, it's, you know, it's hard because I have to take it sometimes week to week because deadlines can change, projects can pop up. Um, like even this week, I thought I was ahead of the game. And then today, bam, all these deadlines that I didn't realize I had. Well, then so thanks for being here. Oh, no, I love this. It's top priority, trust me. But um, it's just, you know, and now that the end of the school year and kid activities. So I usually take it week to week, but um, with things I can control more. So for instance, content creation, I focus a lot on batching. So what I will do is I will batch one day, to, you know, do my hair and makeup, bang out a bunch of video content, get that done. And then I don't have to worry about it for the rest of the month. And then it could be edited and whatnot throughout the month. So I do a lot of batch work when it comes to the content creation side. And then for the private practice, I can dedicate, you know, certain time slots throughout the week to take on clients. I do have amazing employees that work with me who also take clients. So that helps as far as scaling. So it's not all coming down on me. And then when it comes to, you know, things like speaking engagements or media, a lot of times that's planned out in advance. So I have a little bit more flexibility, but I do try to make sure my schedule is flexible enough to take on those, you know, last minute interview opportunities and whatnot. Um, but a lot of it, it you know, I, not that the pandemic obviously was a terrible time and we all adjusted, but there was some bright side from a lot going virtual that it has made that flexibility and being able to do more actually easier for me because I can do so much virtually now versus having to tack on the travel time and staying somewhere and coming back. 
No, that's a really, really good point. For anyone listening who is outside of the side of the business, you know, um, sometimes that last minute appearance can truly be last minute, like a call at four o'clock in the morning. So I was just curious, how last minute have you ever done? Yeah, so I think the last one was like a week ago. Oh no, it was probably two weeks ago. I was picking my kids up at the bus stop and got a phone call and I answered it and they were like, oh, can you be on camera in an hour and a half? And looking at myself like a sweaty mask, grabbing my kids, they're screaming and running everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> so um, luckily my husband was working from home that day. So we were able to make it work and it was a virtual interview. So I was able to uh, set up my my studio in my basement and get away from the noise. So that that's pretty last minute. Uh, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But I, I mean, I always appreciate more lead time, but you got to make it work when the opportunity arises too. Right. So what's the checklist going through your head about how to make it work? What, do you, what, is, what needs to happen for it to work for you? Yeah. So my biggest thing always is I want to be able to do the best job, right? Especially when it comes to an interview, um, you want to be knowledgeable on the topic and make sure you're really well-versed. So if it is really last minute and it's something that I truly don't have a ton of experience in, I, I try to pass those on because as much as I'd want to take that interview, I also don't want to give misinformation or mm -hmm. not totally understand. So it has to be something where I'm really knowledgeable, especially if it's a last minute fit. Because I feel like otherwise I'm spending so much time getting, you know, everything ready to look camera ready and getting myself ready. I'm like, oh no, what am I going to say? So that has to always be the priority is get the talking points, make sure I'm being credible. Um, and that's really the checklist is, you know, what is what am I going to be talking about? What am I going to be saying? You know, is it evidence-based? And then secondary is, you know, what am I going to wear and how am I going to look? <laughs> because that's, you know, when it's on camera, that's important too. It is very important. So I was just about to ask you, what is camera ready for you? So when it is a virtual, I appreciate because I really am just worried about camera ready from the top up. So usually it's leggings and slippers with everything else from the top up looking okay. Um, but camera ready, yeah, is, uh, you know, hair, makeup, um, making sure if it's virtual, having everything set up, you know, from the tech side. But the good thing is now that I've done it enough, I just have everything ready to go. So I know how to connect. I know where I'm going to be. Um, so in about five minutes, I can convert the playroom in my kid's basement into a reasonable looking office studio and get, you know, all the tech set up. And then in about 15, 20 minutes, depending how the day is gone, I can usually get my hair and makeup ready. So what do you do as a balance expert when life throws you out of balance? And that can be anything from like everybody got sick at home to, um, I mean, COVID certainly, oh, yeah. Um, and then sometimes, I don't know, in your case, like, you know, if you ever say yes to too many things and not realize when schedules collide or things you absolutely couldn't anticipate happening. So what are, what are the steps you actually go through for yourself to go to one, to be able to acknowledge that it's out of balance and then to get back into alignment? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, I love to do a lot of things. I love to be busy and I, I am a yes person. You know, I love to say yes to things, but I always try to go back to thinking about, you know, I started my business right out of college, like eight months out of graduating. I decided I always wanted to go into business myself. I started it and knowing that I always wanted to have that flexibility so that one day when I had a family and all of this, I could be fully present. I could do the things that I wanted to do and not be, you know, stuck in a nine to five and have no control over my schedule. Wait, can I interrupt right there? You were thinking about that when you were that young? I'm blown away. Oh my gosh. I tried to start so many businesses in college, like all totally unsuccessful, but yeah, I mean, I, oh, really wait, wait, go, wait, this is shared. Cause this is actually valuable because you learned a lot from all the unsuccessful businesses. So what were they and, and what did you learn from that? 
So when I was in college, I asked, I was trying to get a, um, a part-time job and I had a telemarketing job, which paid well, but it was awful. It was awful. I would just, I, I just would tell everybody like, really don't give me money. It's, it's a terrible job. Not, not for me. So um, I was just calling random places and I called a place on campus that I thought was like a bookstore. I'm not really sure what I thought it was. But it turned out it was this amazing family. They had immigrated from China. They had a online gemstone store. And the father was also a professor at college. And they were amazing. So I didn't know what I was getting into. They hired me. And basically, I was helping run their website to sell gemstones and gemstone globes all across the world. So it was really interesting to see e-commerce because, it, you know, that was kind of in the beginning. It wasn't like super, super popular time for e-commerce. So I learned a lot about online marketing and managing a website and selling products, and I loved it. And so I decided I was going to try to um, basically make, I forget what I called it, but it was basically like trying to have an online nutrition counseling service, like well before the time of doing it. So you're just so ahead of the curve. But I had literally no tech insight to it. So I made little business cards. I used to, when I would drive home, because I was at Virginia Tech, so I drive home to New Jersey every once in a while. And I would drop business cards like at rest stops and I leave them around campus. No one, no one joined my um my company. But I learned, okay, you know, I learned how to bake web websites, which was really interesting. I could design websites. Um, so my first job out of college. It was a medical practice with dietitians, and they only wanted someone with years of experience. I had none, but I didn't know how to design and edit websites, and they didn't have a website. So I negotiated to get a job there if I would also make their website and edit their website. So that was interesting. And then from there, I learned a lot as far as running an office. Um, they didn't do insurance, but I learned a lot about like, structure from having patients, how long you should see patients, counseling skills. And then I took another job that was pretty low paying at a private practice to do their insurance billing. So I could learn the ins and outs in that. And, this uh, is so smart and strategic. I can't believe I've never asked you this before. Keep going. This is yeah, great. Yeah, this is relevant fun. to anyone to understand what do you need to know how to do to run a successful business? What do I not know? How do I get that experience? You're amazing. Keep going. Oh, thank you. No, it was, it was, busy. It was a busy time, but I mean, I was young, so it was fine. I used to drive to one job, do the counseling job, drive 50 miles to the other job do that job for, I think I was getting like $9 an hour. It was not enough. And then drive home. And then I would stay up till like one in the morning every night, making my patient handouts, making the forms, doing everything I wanted to do to make my business. And then I started marketing. I was, I lived far away from my, where I was working. So it wasn't a competition. Um, but then I started marketing to all local doctors because there was a need in the area. And then I started to take patients a little bit at a time. And once I made enough money from that, I quit one part-time job. And then when I made enough to get my own health insurance, I was able to leave the other one and go fully full time. So how many years have you had your own business then? 18. Congratulations. That's massive. So wait, I love this backstory. So then when does this lead to you actually getting brick and mortar with the Verna Nutrition Centers? And do you still have multiple locations? Did you, like, I don't know how they went yeah. through the pandemic. So that was my, so what I did was when I, um, when I was doing all those businesses and kind of, I had moved back home and there was down the street from my parents' house, there was a place that had an office for rent, really tiny office, shared bathroom, shared reception area. I think it was like $400 a month. So I signed the lease for, I believe they negotiated with me for like a six month lease. Cause I just wanted to get my foot in the door. 
And I, I basically only bought what I needed. So I had, you know, my computer, I had a scale, I had a chair, and I think I had a desk. Like that was it. It was the bare minimum office. And then as people started to come in, I started to invest, you know, in more more things to make it look more office-like. And really just word of mouth started to grow. And I was only seeing a few patients. I would usually see them after my other jobs at night and on Saturdays and Sundays. And then as I started to see more and more and left one job, I was able to have, you know, more daytime hours. Uh, but yeah, you know, when you're young and have no responsibilities other than that, you can just work all hours. And and now it pays off because now I have a lot more flexibility. Wait, I love that when you're just like sort of tossing this off and shrugging and I'm just in awe. It reminds me again of something Mary Langle said on the podcast ages ago. Is it nice or is it necessary? So you were like, you know what, more stuff would be nice, but it's not necessary yet. So you really understood exactly what you needed in order to launch without getting distracted by like the, um, the shiny stuff, which happens to a lot of us. Like, oh my God, I need this whole beautiful thing before I can start, which is not usually not true. And then you made yourself available for when people needed you as opposed to when it was best for you. So that's a really smart thing, especially when any of us are starting something new. It's like, go meet the, the client base where they are. That was so smart. You did, And that was even how I got one of my first jobs because it's really hard when you don't have much experience to get jobs in the areas you want. And they all, all the people that worked for them had families. Nobody wanted to work on holidays, late night hours. And I'm like, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it for now. And I knew I wasn't going to stay there forever, but it got my foot in the door and got me that experience. So this is also great background to understand too, because you have really wide spanning experience that is so relevant now, even taking it out of nutrition, but for any business, because you had a brick and mortar, but also your other, your past experience with a website and everything you've learned allows you to be early into understanding how can I reach more people digitally before any of us were even talking about that. Yeah. And I learned a lot as far as SEO. So in the beginning, I, you know, my website was not good because I'm not a good website developer, but I can make it. <laughs> it didn't look pretty but I knew how to optimize it. So I was actually ranking for keywords like nutrition spokesperson. I was ranking for words, you know, like New Jersey dietitian. So if people were searching, they were finding me that way. Um, if I had been smart, I would have started a blog way back then and really, you know, capitalized on that whole idea. But that's been a learning curve the last few years. And now I do have a blog that's also monetized through ads. So that's my goal eventually is to have more and more passive income. So it gives me even more flexibility with family life. Mm -hmm. what, what do you enjoy the most? I, I really do love content creation. I mean, you know, everything has its pluses and minuses. The tech side drives me crazy sometimes, but I, I love being creative and I love, you know, making something. So if I can make a, a digital product that I can sell like meal plans, or if I can create a new recipe or just a really fun video that takes an educational idea and really translates it into something visual. I just find that really fun because I feel like you have that finished product that you can show people at the end of the day. I also want to give a plug here for your books. Could you walk us through? Because I, of course, you know, went right for the belly fat, <laughs> but um, you really are an expert in diabetes. So I don't even know how you got to that expertise, but talk about those books, because that really is such a chronic health problem in our country. And just for anyone listening, it's, you, you have tremendous resources. 
Thank you. Yeah. So um, I've written four books. Um, my absolute favorites are the belly fat diet for dummies, which were, <laughs> you were talking about. Because, um, you know, belly fat's one of those things like we think about, oh, we just don't want belly fat, but it's actually a fat that falls below the abdominal wall. It encircles all our organs. And so it does put us at a much greater risk for diseases like diabetes. So it is something we do want to take seriously. Um, so that book was so fun because I wrote that book um, right in the time when I was getting married, uh, right before I had kids. And it was a, it was a really fun time and it was so exciting to have my first book. But it was um, it was great because that's something I talk to my clients school about is that the number on the scale doesn't really matter. It doesn't really give us that much insight, but our waist circumference truly does. So if we can do things to really target that particular area, we can feel so much better and have a big benefit on health. And that's really what transitioned into the diabetes specialty because visceral fat or belly fat plays a huge role in blood sugar management. And the vast majority of the clients that were coming in to see me were either at risk of diabetes or already had it. So because I was working with so many clients with diabetes, I really pursued that specialty area and really niched down into working as a diabetes educator. And that's when I wrote the two-day diabetes diet which I, I just love the concept. It was, it was my first time making a book where there was also um, a test panel where we actually created meal plans. I had people every single week coming in. They were following the, the meal plan. We were measuring their glucose levels, their waist circumference. And it was really amazing to see like, okay, this is something that I believe this is something that's research-based, but then to put it into action and see people truly have an amazing progress in a short period of time was a, it was a really, really cool experience. So that was fun. All your books are currently available. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So the two day diabetes diet, uh, belly fat diet for dummies, walking off the weight and the flat belly cookbook for dummies. Those are all available on Amazon. And now I want to ask you, since you do have three kids and I forgot to even mention earlier, you're a hockey mom, <laughs> you know, which is a big part of my background, but how, how are you teaching your kids about balance? Cause nobody talked about that when I was growing up at all. Yes. You know, because I am like, I was so hyper competitive as a child. I was so much of a perfectionist. I was a gymnast. So I was like very, very driven and my parents are amazing and they never pushed me. Like me and my sister were so type A that if we had over the top parents, <laughs> we would have lost it. Um, so I try to do the same thing for my children. I try to say, you know, look, we love fitness. We love being active, but we're doing it to keep ourselves strong. And there's so many great things you're gaining from sports, sportsmanship, time management skills, um, just moving your body and enjoying it. It doesn't have to be about the win at the end of the day. Same thing with food, you know, food is fuel. And so fun foods, if you want to have a cookie, sure, have the cookie, nothing's off limits, but talking to them about what makes us feel good, what gives our body more beneficial fuel long-term and that all foods can fit because I don't want them to feel that there's certain things off limits because that can drive some unhealthy habits too. Does this also carry over into things like, you know, viewing habits, gaming habits, um, homework habits? Yeah. You know, I had to say, so, um, my kids are, my oldest is nine. He's in third grade. Now my little guy is in kindergarten and then my daughter is still in daycare. So, so what we try <laughs> to do, what I've been trying to do is they love roadblocks and love that, but trying to teach them coding. So if they're going to be on their iPads a lot, I love them to learn the coding part so they can actually make games instead of just play them. Okay. Now I'm having a bad mom moment that never even occurred to me. Well, they're not, they're not experts by any standpoint. It's just my goal for them is that th they've been learning on and off how to make their own games just because I feel like 
you know, it was funny. I, my husband fought me in the beginning to give them iPads. I didn't want them to, but he was like, well, in this day and age, that's just, they have to learn these skills. And it's true. You know, it's everywhere. The screens are everywhere. So I figured, all right, if they're going to have them, I'd like it to be educational at least. So, I mean, I can't say they don't just play. I think my one son is playing a toilet game right now. I can't, they're home <laughs> from school today. So definitely not always educational, but I do try to incorporate that a bit more. And then just even with fitness, you know, just trying to make it fun. Like they love, they have fitness trackers and they love to know how many steps they're getting each day, but it's just, you know, a fun way to keep their bodies active without it being too competitive or over the top. But then it helps me to relax a little bit because in the back of my mind, you know, even though I won't say that to them, I'm always worried. Did they eat enough fruits and vegetables? Did they get enough extra? You know, it's, it's a mom thing. You're always going to worry. It's a total mom thing. So what's your <laughs> ideal perfectly balanced day? Oh, I don't know. Maybe being on a beach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it comes down to making sure everybody, you know, not no moment of the day is everybody going to be happy or not stressed out. I think that's kind of an unrealistic goal, especially with three young children. But I think at the end of the day, if, if we've all had some moment of the day where we were able to do something for ourselves and we feel that either we accomplished something or we feel good about how the day went or we, you know, laughed our heads off, that to me is a, is a balanced day. And so for me, I try to make sure there's at least a couple minutes a day where I can just have a little bit of quiet space, whether it's to just concentrate on something or go for a walk. Um, and with same with my husband and the kids, it's really I really just try to make sure like every day we get to the end of the day and we enjoy the day. You know, you want the day to end on a good note. You want to feel good about the day. But it was funny. My son came home with an assignment from school the other day. I'm not sure what it was about, but there was a line on it and he wrote down, uh, nobody's perfect or nobody gets it right all the time and you don't have to. And I was like, oh, I was so happy to see that because that's kind of my goal for the end of every day is to keep in mind that idea of balance is that you don't have to get the whole day right. And you don't have to be the best at everything. It's, you know, no one ever is. And so I was so excited to see he wrote that without it being prompted <laughs> by me, because it means that we're getting that message across to him. Oh, what a perfect note to end on. Thank you so much for this conversation. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's always so great to see you. Likewise, what a pleasure. And I want to say thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're looking for help strategizing your career and tapping into your greatness, please shoot me a note via my website, ableintermedia.com, and be sure to download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Mm -hmm.